Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? How's your reading of Proverbs? Should be on chapter 22 today, hey? 22nd? I picked out one for today. Verse 4, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Our world doesn't push that, hey? But that is the reward for humility and fear of the Lord. I just want to say thank you to all the technical guys. We had some issues this, this week. Our big projector blew, and this got set up. Uh, this disappeared, and they found it before the, before the meeting. And for the guys who do the worship, you know, all the background guys, Oz and Felicia who get here early and clean. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm probably going to go in and out of this light. It's not going to bother me. May it not bother you. Let's watch this video. I'm getting much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. Don't you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. That's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. She don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I'm in love with you because you weren't like anyone else. You're saying you could go to prison. I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, it doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. Waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private Doss. Who the hell is Private Doss? I'm gonna get you home. There's something you gotta see. Who did this? Doss, the car. We have to go back up to now. And then I'm gonna go up there without you. Desmond Doss, April 1945, he fought in one of the bloodiest battles of World War II. He went with nothing but his faith in God and his Bible. He was a medic, and he refused to carry a rifle. The battle that took place was on the island of Okinawa. It was a crucial battle to win that island from the Japs. It was known for its impossibility. You saw a glimpse there of a ridge that they had to climb with ropes, 122 meters high. And at the top of that ridge were the Japs. His platoon went in, and they were not wiped out, but many, many were killed. 
They had to retreat. They were told, retreat, retreat. And they did. But Desmond Doss refused to leave that escarpment. He spent the whole night on his own looking for wounded men. Under fire of the enemy, there were snipers in, in machine gun holes. There were booby traps. The whole night, he looked for men. He ministered, helped them where he could, and then he dragged or carried them to the escarpment and with a set of ropes personally lowered each man down. He saved 75 lives that night. He was awarded the Medal of Honor um, in October 1945. A man who was sustained by his convictions. But he was not only sustained, he survived a war. And he not only survived a war, he saved people. We're in a war today. We're in a battle today. The Bible is full of references. It talks about fighting. It talks about battle. It talks about wrestling. Ephesians 6 tells us, put on the armor of God. Also in Ephesians 6, it says that our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers in this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil. Paul says to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Today, what is your battle? There are so many. It can be news of ill health. It can be ill health. It can be the death of someone. It can be financial pressure. It can be economic pressure. It can be political pressure. Day to day, it can be a struggle in the, in the traffic, a fight with taxis. It can be a child or a spouse where you're just having a fight with them. We are in a battle. And the question is that I found myself, I watched this movie about two weeks ago. I find myself asking myself very deeply, Lainey, what are your convictions? What are they based on? Are you letting go your convictions? Because it's convenient. And that's what I want to talk us and challenge us today. Turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter one, and I'm going to read four verses. First Thessalonians chapter one and four verses four to seven. Paul speaking to the church at Thessalonica. For we know brothers loved by God, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord for you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. 
I want to ask ourselves three questions. Three questions that I've been pondering. Where do I start? What will it cost? And can convictions die? So where does it start? Where do we start? The world is full of people dying for their convictions. It could be Christians being beheaded by ISIS. It can be jihadists blowing themselves up to kill a group of people. I read this morning two jihadists committed suicide in Riyadh because their, 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 their hidey hole was discovered, so they just blew themselves up because they're convicted. Worshipping Allah, they believe if you die you, in the name of Allah, fighting for him, you go straight to heaven. Convicted. We get different levels of conviction. We get people who toy-toy. We get people who walk. Yesterday, there was a huge worldwide demonstration by women against Trump because they are convicted that he's not good for them. Their conviction. You get Desmond Doss convicted, I will not pick up a rifle. As that chap said to him, you're going to war. Do you know people kill each other? He told all of his mates, don't rely on him to protect you. He, he, he saved 75 people. Don't rely on him. In the movie, in that particular movie, you know how in the army in training camp, they give you a name. There's one guy called Hollywood obvious reason. He's a real glamour boy. He's pretty. He looks good. He's got a lovely body and he knows it. You see him on the front. He becomes paralyzed with fear. His conviction, what was it based on? On my strength, my looks. And it was no good when he got to the battlefield. We cannot start a conviction with an ideology, with a worldview, with a cause, with a hatred, with a need. We start our conviction with a person, the person of Jesus Christ. He is the only thing that we person that we can base convictions on. He will never change. He will outlast time. He will be reliable. He will always give me hope. The only thing on which I can build a conviction. First Thessalonians, that first verse says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. It came out today, and I believe God wants to massage that. Jesus came in love, God-man, fully God, fully man, and went through his conviction to die for man, to die, the sinless man, to die for me, sinful Laney, to die for you, sinful. Why? Because he loves us. He wants relationship with us. And it is the only firm base for our convictions. Anything else is useless. I would love to have asked some of those women yesterday, why are you here? Their reasons are largely selfish. Why do we have convictions? It doesn't mean we don't have convictions, but our core, our core has got to be Jesus Christ. And to, for our core to be Jesus Christ, we have to know him. 
Where do we start? We start by knowing Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords, the never changing one. The one who came to earth, died, was buried, rose again and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. His eyes are on us, attentive to our cry, attentive to our convictions, attentive to see what we're doing with this life. Where are we starting? I mean, the news this week, I think of it, there's Trump became president, the, said to be the most powerful man in the world because of what is at his disposal. What I think about him, some people are in despair, some people, you read the media, it doesn't matter what I think about him. Jesus Christ, you are my foundation. I will not be shaken. What do you say about this man? What do you say about this man? If you're looking at the news at the moment, we're in for political mayhem in this country. The Guptas are going for Gordon. I don't know if you saw that this week. What do we do about that? Jesus, what should I be doing about this? Fees must fall. Jesus, what should I be doing about this? Direct me. He is our starting point. May we get that right and not get distracted by all that is around us. Where do we start? We start with the person of Jesus. And can I say today, I will, again, just give an invitation, but if you do not know Jesus, if you are sitting here, maybe you're skeptical. That's okay. That really is okay. But come and talk to us about your skepticism. Maybe it's, well, you know, he's an add-on. Try everything else and then try Jesus. I urge you. I urge you. Come and chat to us. Jesus is our only sure foundation, and we need to have him in our hearts. So what is the cost? There's a cost. Desmond Doss, when he went to training camp, you saw a little bit, he was mocked. I read his actual biography, and it says that they, all he did was read his Bible, and they despised him. And the, the, the army commanders used him because they wanted to get him out. He was, they, they truly believed he was no worth to them on the battlefield. I mean, what, he was a man without a gun. How could he possibly go to war? So they did everything they could possibly do to get him to withdraw, to sign the paper and say, I won't go to, won't go to war. It's interesting, he was call, he's called a conscientious objector. He called himself a conscientious cooperator. And he got kicked. He got beaten up. He got ostracized. He met this young girl, and, he, and during, before he went, they wanted to get married. She was waiting at the chapel, all set up. He, was, he applied for his leave. He got his leave. He goes to the desk to get the stamp, and, you know, off you go. And they said, sign this piece of paper about not going to war. Just sign this piece of paper. That's all. And you can go cost. He didn't go because he was convicted about what God had said he should do. And the war cost him. He was sent home. He, he, the, war, the actual battle was in April. He was home by October, injured. It took five years to recover. He lost a lung and he was never able to work again. It cost him. It cost him. And it's going to cost us. 
Luke chapter 14, 28. There are many verses like this. I just felt to pick that, this one. Jesus speaking about the cost of discipleship. He says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Jesus talks about bearing a cross all the time that he's speaking. He talks about us losing family. He talks about us losing reputation. He talks about us being despised and spurned. He talks about us even dying for what we believe, for our convictions. And I'm sure we've all experienced it. Sometimes we fold. I've folded. Sometimes we don't. How many of us have had relationships where the boyfriend or girlfriend has said, well, just sleep with me. Nothing big. We're going to get married. It's all good. And we say no, and he or she disappears. How many of us have been in business? And it's a slightly shady deal. Just, look, we know you don't believe it, but just turn your eye. Come on, just, just let it go through. And we say no. We lose our job. We get mocked. We lose the deal. How many of us don't declare everything to the tax man? Or we do declare everything to the tax man, and it hurts when he comes and asks for his due. It costs us. It's real. But when I look at what my Savior did for me, the ultimate cost, the King of Kings, God died a merciless death. He gave everything, everything for me. How can I arrogantly, well, it's not convenient. It's not cool. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive us. When we count the cost too much, the reality is we need to count the cost. This is not namby-pamby. This is war. And I'm sure you've noticed in the Western world, it's getting more and more liberal. They say we're in a post-truth era. What does that mean? It doesn't matter what the facts are. It's what's good for you. It's what's good for your agenda. It doesn't matter what the facts are. That is scary. And we are going to be ostracized. We are going to be mocked for this old-fashioned dead belief. It is not dead. And it is worth fighting for. Not just for myself, but to save others who are going to a kingdom of death. That is what it's about. Not, oh, yes, yes, I'm so righteous, I'm so holy. No ways. This is life, people. This is life. And just in that, that verse, going back to that Luke verse, it says, for which of you desiring to build a tower? I'd like to put in there, for which of you desiring to build a conviction? Desiring to stand on a conviction. 
count the cost, but you know, and you know what? We count the cost, but then God doesn't say, okay, Laney, there you go. Have fun. See you when you get back. He comes with us. He gives us his Holy Spirit. It's not alone. It's not me. Uh, uh, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit. That's how we hold to our convictions. That's how we get our convictions. Did you notice in 1 Thessalonians verse 5, when he's speaking to the Christians, he says, Paul says, verse 5, because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with, with full conviction. His grace is sufficient. He equips us. He empowers us. That's how Desmond Doss did it. It wasn't because he was an awfully great man. And when you read it, he was weedy. He was, a, he was shy. He became this mighty warrior of valor in the hands of your mighty God. Every single one of us, you might feel, but Laney, I don't have that. I don't have that. Yes, you do inside you. He's called the Holy Spirit. He is dying to say, come along. Let's go into this battle. Let's save people for Jesus. Let's rise up, church. Let's rise up. We have to ask the question, can convictions die? Yeah, very much so. Every time we choose to compromise, we hammer a nail into the coffin of our conviction. The Bible's got a word for it, a horrible word, lukewarm. We become lukewarm. And we know that in Revelation chapter 3, God speaks to the church of Laodicea and says, you are lukewarm, and I'm going to spit you out of, your out of my mouth. So what's the solution? Does that mean, oh, well, that's it. I'm dead. No good. Oh, gosh, if it was like that, I'd be dead. We'd all be dead. In verse 19 of chapter 3, he says the solution is to be zealous and repent. Zealous and repent. You know what I think? When we're compromising, we often get zealous. We do. We come to church. We mix with our fellow Christians. We sing. We, 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 we read the Bible. We pray. We get all zealous. But we don't repent. It's easy to repent, but sometimes it's really hard to get to the place of repentance. Because I've got to admit, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm not doing what God has called me to do. So I get down on my knees and I say, Lord, forgive me. What is repentance? Asking forgiveness and turning 180 degrees and zealously picking up the conviction that he has given me with the Holy Spirit. And then I fall again. It's okay. It's okay. We all do it. But don't stay down there. Whatever it takes, a friend, whatever it takes, God, help me to get up again. I think of Peter. 
Peter had the conviction that this was the Christ. Jesus said to him, who do people say that I am? Some say Elijah, some say this, some say that. He said, Peter, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. A couple of weeks later, I don't know, man, he lost his conviction. Was that it? No. Peter came back. He repented. And he, did a, he became a mighty, mighty sword in the hands of the living God. Guys, I have to do this all the time. Um, we have to be every day. This is my conviction. And we mess up. Don't stay there. Don't, we sang the song, there's no shame under the cross. There is no shame under the cross. We're based in love. I hope you feel the whole picture today. Its base is love. Love. Not anger, not condemnation, love. And I am going to mess up, but I can get up again. I can get up again. So in conclusion, we have to ask ourselves today, what about me? Not Desmond Doss, not the elders, what about me? God, what about me? A couple of weeks ago, Johan urged us to wake up. I want to add to that. Wake up and ask yourself, what do you believe in? What are you prepared to stand for in the battle? What am I prepared to take to, to be hurt, to be ostracized. What am I prepared to do? There are core beliefs. I believe in the Trinity. I believe in the Catholic, Holy, Holy Church, Universal Church. I believe in the virgin birth. And I can go on. We spoke about the theology on a Saturday. There's going to be a first three quarters of an hour. If you don't know what your core beliefs are, come. Come and learn. Why? But I've got to know what I believe. So when an atheist says to me, and you know the new atheists, their, their um, modus operandi now is to mock you and ridicule. How can you be so stupid to believe such rubbish? You've got to be able to stand. I believe because we need to know what our core beliefs are. But then... There's more. My day-to-day living. I wrote down a whole lot of stuff, and I, they're just stuff that popped into my head. But I urge myself, and you ask yourself now, God, what are you conviction do you want to place in my heart? And you know, there's just there's convictions that can be for a day. There's convictions that can be for a month. There can be convictions, and for a year, they can change. But what is God telling you to do? What is He telling you to have faith in? To read the Word. That's a conviction. It's something I should believe in. That that Scripture said that because of the Word. We're not reading the Word. Well, are we? No, it's too tired. It takes too much time. I don't understand it. Ah, what are we putting aside? 
And can I just respectfully say, receiving a, word, a little, little, and I say this really respectfully, and if I offend you, come and tell me. That's what you do when, I, when someone offends you. Just to receive a little message, little verse on your phone. I'm sorry. Go and find it for yourself. Go find it for yourself. Yeah, those are good. They're not bad. Don't stop doing that. But if that's what you're relying on for your dipping into the word, help us, God. Help us, God. Are we neglecting teaching of the word, fellowship, breaking of bread, or prayer? Prayer. I see this whole, I said, no, I mean, I'm not very good at this, but maybe uh, 200-ish, maybe more, 300. It should be 300 here on Tuesday. We need to pray. It should be a conviction because prayer changes things. That is how we're going to win this battle. Is God calling you, is he calling me to a greater degree of purity? What I watch. <laughs> Some interesting series out there at the moment. What I listen to. Going into my ears. Day in, day out. Oh, Lainey, you're getting too hectic here. No. This is what Jesus calls us to. It costs. The way I dress. What's God calling us to? The way I conduct myself in relationships. Convicting me about the way I speak. Am I a gossip? Did you hear? <laughs> Bad place of gossiping. Facebook. Because, you know, we're just joking. We're just saying, you know, just... What are we putting on Facebook? What are we putting on social media? Can someone say there's a Christian? There's someone who loves Jesus? You've gone very quiet. Am I superior? I'm not humble. I'm pretty good, you know. I read my Bible every day. I pray. Phew, must be quite up high up there. No ways. Humble myself. I am not better than anybody. None of us are better than anyone. We are exactly the same at the foot of the cross. Exactly the same. And that is where we stand. What is God saying to you? And guys, when you have a conviction, it's your conviction. There were guys who went to war who loved Jesus passionately and carried and killed people. Doesn't make them any less or more than Desmond Doss. What is God saying to you? What is he saying to me? I think the danger is if we're not even asking him. I'm just going to do because it's right for me. Ask God. Ask Jesus. How do you want me to live this life? What do you want me to do each day, every day? One last one that I, I wrote down. Am I convicted to raise my children in the ways of God? That's what we dedicated Luke to this morning. That you guys will raise Luke in the ways of God. So, I'm not talking to you. Talking to, I don't feel like going to church today. 
little Johnny, no, we're not going to go to church. We're tired. We're just going to stay at home. What am I raising my child to think? Fellowship is not actually really important. Sean's a really good soccer player. Really good. When he got to grade seven-ish, eight-ish, matches moved to a Sunday. We stopped. Hard for him. Very hard. Because church is a priority. Not this, the gathering, the fellowship of believers, the availing ourselves to learn more about him, to worship him corporately. How are we raising our kids? Why? Why bother about all this? Desmond Doss, because of his conviction, saved 75 men. Those men have families. Those people, they, many of them have died. Desmond Doss died in 2006. There's a few of you go, want to go look on the net. There's some really old, sorry guys. You know, if, I, if it wasn't, I wouldn't. They wouldn't be here. Their families wouldn't be here. Their kids wouldn't be here. There are people that God around you, God has placed you. The word tells us he's placed it exactly where we should be. Right time, right place. You're in your work, not for your comfort, sorry. Not for you to raise money, no. Not to earn reputation. You're there because God has placed you there. You are there to get, snatch people from the jaws of death, hell, and bring them into the, his glorious light. That's what those last few verses say in Thessalonians. And you, talking, Paul talking to the Thessalonians, you became imitators of us, Paul and Timothy, and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Affliction, joy, yeah, they go together. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia, in Achaia. We are here to take people with us to heaven. And one of the ways we're going to do it, one of the ways, please, I'm talking one aspect today, is my convictions. And whether I'm prepared to stand on them in the battle, in the war. Amen.